this whole time. Man, I want Taco Bell. Nobody, like, nobody's business right now. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. Like, I thought everything was wrong. I was like, I picked the wrong program. Girl, My mic is faulty. You restart your computer. You restarted your browser. And I'm just over here like, what's going on? I unplugged my shit. <laughs> Boom. It works. How dare I? I am sorry. I feel so bad. Don't, don't. Because I really thought it would. Because, like, I was using, to be fair, I was using, um, what's that browser? Microsoft Edge. And there's always an issue with Microsoft Edge. And I was like, let me move to Chrome or whatever it's called. Yeah, it's called Chrome. And, well, I'm really happy that it works now. <laughs> I just. <laughs> I know. Well, how's it going, Samara? <laughs> <laughs> well, this funny story I'm going to tell you really quick. Um, we spent 45 minutes trying to get our audio together. <laughs> That's <laughs> Other than that, like, it's a Thursday, you know, pretty busy. Um, I can't wait until it's Friday night so I can just die. Right. With some wine. How about you? How's How have you been? How's your week? Well, I discovered that I'm the drama because I'm the one that caused these <laughs> fucking audio issues for the last 45 minutes. Oh, God. Such a fucking dweeb. Um, I'm, I'll, I'm, I'm here. I mm-hmm. exist. Uh, I spent a lot of this week feeling like just if I rolled my eyes any harder, they would get stuck. <laughs> and not that, the, not that too much actually happened that made that be the thing it's just you know sometimes you just have those days or weeks or whatever where your energy is just low vibe can't Mm. get excited for nothing everything just makes you roll your like the way somebody breathes just makes you want to (laughs) just yeah it's yes yes ma'am I was like my my coworker was next to me during a, a team meeting, and I love him. We've been friends since high school, by the way. Woo woo! Since we were like fifteen. Yeah. Um, but I don't know what it was. Like, it's not my time anytime soon. But him being next to me, hearing him chew and slurp his coffee, and that that does not bother me. Like, hearing food sounds does not bother me at all. Like, I'll join in. For some odd reason, it was just like, stop, please stop, stop, or do it quieter, or don't do it at all. And I was like, I felt guilty too. I was like, that's not fair. He doesn't know. But then my coworker validated my feelings, was like, yeah, he slurped the shit out of that coffee today. <laughs> you know, I think it's also just being in the in the pandemic and people either not being around other people and not being mm-hmm. used to that or mm-hmm. being around people too much to where those little things you notice a lot more. Yeah. it's It was funny. My boss got so fed up with people – um, this is definitely a um, a carryover from COVID, right? Because everybody is on, everybody does meetings on Zoom and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so my boss was like, "I'm so sick and tired of like not knowing who else might be listening in on our conversations because our conversations are very private. Um, we move things a lot in these meetings, mm-hmm. and um, and she can't. Sometimes she can't see people, or people are." out and about during the meeting and I know it grates on her because it's like why aren't you stationary at a computer for this meeting someplace quiet you know we talk about sensitive stuff and so now we're and so now you know how when one one or two kids fucks it up for everybody else now everybody gotta pay um so now we have to have our uh meetings in the office now all because the rest of them just could not chill like be someplace quiet 
without people around or like now is not the time to be grocery shopping. It's like nine. If you have kids that are school age, it's nine thirty. They're probably in school by now. Like I'm just so now. So now we all got to go into the into the office, and I'm like, fuck, I didn't do anything. <laughs> Can't I still join? And then the first meeting in person that we have, like half of them are have to sit a little further away because they're like, I'm not feeling so well today. And then someone literally doesn't show up at all. And I'm like, okay, so this, we could have avoided this. We really could. So yeah, this, it's been that week. (laughs) The week has been that bitch. Yeah. It's just been, for me, it's just, my rewrites are taking a lot longer than I was hoping. It took me about three or four days to clear chapter three. Granted, uh, I know that I'm going to be taking my main character from being a meek soft girl to more confident so I knew I was gonna have to rearrange things but chapter three a lot of it is just somehow it just took me a whole lot longer and the bulk of the chapter I was keeping so I don't know what it was what it is this week has just been struggling to do things and then today my website was messed up like the SSL certificate I I didn't realize had expired so then I had to fix that and then it was just a lot mm-hmm. and it's Thursday and I'm ready for the weekend. The, 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 the thing I'm grateful for, cause mm-hmm. I've been doing this whole thing where I'm trying to be grateful for shit now and talk right. about <laughs> is that it's been pretty warm here. So I've been able to sit on my patio at oh. lunch and kind of just get some That's sun, really nice. soak it up, sit and read, listen to music, do my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of prepare for swimsuit season, and just like I got a little kind of get little yourself tan. a little a little tan line there. Got a little, yeah. <laughs> so, I love that. That's awesome. It's not the weather hasn't been too bad here either. It's been raining a little bit, but it's not it's not awful. You know, Monday it did snow just a little bit, but mm. it's April in Michigan. Like we expect these things. So it's yeah, never, what's the typical weather there right now for um, April? It's usually anywhere between. Um, 39 to 55 Hmm. and you know rain or if it's like on the lower 30s it might be a bit of slushy rain of slushy yeah slushy rain or a little bit of a flurry um but lately you know the sun has been trying to peek through the clouds like when they say april showers bring may flowers they were talking about michigan (laughs) it's gonna it's gonna rain a lot um, but then, you know, hopefully it won't be as wet as it was last year. Cause I saw it rained all summer last year. It was ridiculous. Oof. We had a very wet summer. It was hard. Um, yeah, I'm, I miss that. Honestly miss that about when I lived in Atlanta, it was a lot of summer storms. And even though mm-hmm. I would get migraines pretty easily because of just the, the pressure in the air and the mm-hmm. intense going from hot to a little bit cold with rain and then hot again and humidity mm-hmm. i don't know i miss it summers here are just the same there's no variation <laughs> mm-hmm. i don't wake up in the middle of the night to a thunderstorm uh, in june and the terror does not grip me literally the best though like waking up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom and it's a whole ass like thunderstorm mm-hmm. and then i climb back in bed and i know that the sleep is about to be so good <laughs> Right. That's partially why this book is written in Savannah, because I wanted to bring all that out. But 
I just miss I miss thunderstorms in the summer and it just being sticky and hot and mm-hmm. you, the, your kitchen just gets all messed up. The hair on the back of your neck just starts to just. Ooh. I need it. <laughs> I need it. I need it all. Like I okay. The only the only weather that I would like to skip over is the snow. I'm right. not gonna lie. I just need that gone. <laughs> and then everything else is straight. Like it can be cold, it can be windy, it can be rainy, it can be hot. Like I just need <laughs> the snow not to happen because it just adds insult to injury and I can't stand it. Right. Yeah, I feel you. Um on a happier note though, since you did your grateful, I'm grateful that I finally uh got the nerve up to pick um to actually start reading The Blood Trials by N.E. Davenport. I'm almost done, child. I started this book. <laughs> I started this book. I think I started it Tuesday after work. I did. Yep. I definitely started it Tuesday after work. I just knew. I was like, I'm not about to get no sleep because I started reading it. <laughs> and it was, it's fast paced, right? Like um, every chapter, something's happening. It's kind of mm-hmm. like, I'm always dropping this damn book, but it's kind of like Fires of Vengeance where mm-hmm. um, each chapter is an event. Okay. That's what I like. And, uh, and it's just really good. I, there's some stuff about it, which once I finish it, I will be more than happy to share it. But there, yeah, there's some stuff in it where I'm like, did we forget about this entire, very important plot point? Mm. And now we're coming back to it. Mm. Okay. That's what you want to do, sister girl. We can do that. (laughs) I'm excited to read it. Um, this week has felt like a lot of really good books have dropped that mm-hmm. Witchlings by Clarabelle Ortega. Mm-hmm. And I know it's middle grade, but I want to, I want to check it out because I've been following her and seeing the things she's posted and the little coven houses and all that. So that sounds good. And then I feel like recently something steeped in poison is a witches steeped in poison. Oh, a magic steeped in poison. Magic steeped in poison. Thank yeah, you. that's next for me. Yeah, that's another thing I want to move on to. But I sure did pre-order um, House of Hunger. <gasps> you did? I pre-ordered that. The cover alone. I tw- And she actually, Alexis Henderson actually uh, liked and responded to my tweet. And I, it was, it was a great day. Cause I, man, said, you, you are in, let's see if we can get those arcs. Right. Well, I said <laughs> this cover killed me and resurrected me because it's mm-hmm. everything because it, it's so arresting. And I also was like, Oh, Hey girl, our books are coming out within five days of each other. Ow. Like that's hey. kind of the vibe I want to, you know, mm-hmm. start a Twitter friendship. It's a um, party though. The trad author. <laughs> Do it. I need to see the bridging. I need to see traditional and indie authors unite. Right. Especially with all this this uh, author drama happening with mm-hmm. publishing industry. But we're not here to talk about that. No. We're here to talk about a book, though. We are here yeah. to talk about Joplin's Ghost. Ghost. But first, first, we should open it. <laughs> We've reached that. We should actually introduce ourselves. We should. Okay, you, 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 you. (laughs) Me? Me this time? I don't know what I'm doing. How do I do it? No. 
well, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Horror Ho Support Group podcast. Uh, the only podcast. I would say the only, but it's not the only podcast. Actually, yes, I'm going to go with it. I'm going to say this. It's the only uh, podcast for the horror addict, okay? Mm-hmm. Books and film and TV show in mind. I'm oh, one of your hosts, Samara. So people coming for us. <laughs> oh, well, look, controversy. Start, stir the pot. <laughs> like, don't start the pot. Mm, doing it, doing it. Um, I'm one of your co-hosts, Samara, and I'm joined by the always lovely and transcendent. Amanda. Oh, transcendent girl. Oh. See what I did there? Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> if only you could see our <laughs> us with the nails. Like I feel like every black girl, if you know, you know. <laughs> like, but I mean, know. I'm so I'm growing my nails out right now because mm-hmm. I'm like I'm had been doing acrylics, but I'm actually growing them out so I can actually paint them and get them get them nice and together. Because I'm so <laughs> envious of your nails. Every t- single time I see them, I'm just like. Oh. They're so expensive. I'm ready to, um, they're actually quite long underneath. Mm-hmm. So this might be the last time you see me with the acrylics. It's going to be real nail time. Mm, I've been doing so, press-ons. That's what I'm thinking about. The glam, <laughs> glamnetic, uh, mm-hmm. got to me and I was like, that sounds like fun. I would like to try. <laughs> I do press-ons. I have the glue on ones. Those last pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. The press-on ones lasted for a day, but they did what I needed them to do. They just, mm-hmm. I was out cute. for a day, wanted to look cute, and then took them off. Sitting in traffic, actually, just pop. <laughs> put them in the trash can. They did what they came to do. Mm-hmm. Speaking of doing what we came to do, today we'll be talking about uh, the latest book club pick <laughs> that we read in, like, what, two weeks? Because... Yeah. We had a little failed one with Jawbone. So we mm-hmm. decided to pick up Joplin's Ghost by Tanana Reeve Dew. Um, and this one, I must say, is infinitely better. I think it definitely suits our, all of our tastes a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, I did. I tweeted Horror Host Support Group. You can follow us on Twitter there. But I tweeted about Jawbone and how you know we, as a, as a book club, did not like it. And I had somebody respond saying, oh, really? I loved it. To which I'm like, cool. Happy for you. But it, you know, it just wasn't, it wasn't for us. There were a lot of things we didn't like, but we, I will say there's a lot to like with Joplin's Ghost. So without further, I don't know, shenanigans from us, let's get into it. Right. (laughs) Without further shenanigans. Sure, sure. So I guess we should um, read the synopsis. So I will... that's how i feel too like from high school musical she's like (laughs) showing my age (laughs) um okay so the the actual thingy on amazon is very not i long so what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna pull scribbed up and read the actual about from script because i think it's does it a lot more justice okay <clears throat> so once again joplin's goes by tanana reef do from the award-winning the from the award-winning writer of the good house 
the living blood, and more, Joplin's ghost is a chilling tale of a star in the making whose life goes haywire as she is haunted by the ghost of a long-dead music legend. When Phoenix Smalls was 10, she nearly died at her parents' jazz club when she was crushed by a turn-of-the-century piano. Now 24, Phoenix is launching a career as an R&B singer. She's living the life young artists envy and seems destined for fame and fortune. But a chance visit to a historical site in St. Louis ignites a series of bizarre erotic encounters with a spirit who may be the king of ragtime, Scott Joplin. The music of Scott Joplin is strange enough to the ears of the hip-hop generation, but the idea that those antique sounds are being channeled by the protege of rap superstar G-Ron is nothing short of ludicrous. With growing violence in G-Ron's inner circle and a ghost bent on living forever through her, Phoenix sudden... Phoenix's life suddenly hangs in the balance. Can the power of her own inner song and the love of a music writer who believes in her give Phoenix the strength to fight to live out her own future? Or will she be trapped forever in Scott Joplin's doomed, tragic past? It's a lot. It is a lot. Um... I think it's a pretty compelling blurb. Definitely. I mean, aside from, so aside from it being Tanana Reevedu, which if you don't know who she is, I, how, why, why, where have what you been? What are you been? doing? What are you doing with your life? What are you doing? But aside from it being Tanana Reevedu, I loved the premise of, you know, this, this haunting that is a haunting, but also like a little erotic and a little levels to it, I guess I'll say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the okay. So yeah. This book, I have no words. I don't know what it is. I like it. I like it a lot. I have no words though just because so much happened in the first like half, right? So you know, we've got Phoenix, they call her Fee for short, you know, close close people. She's on tour. She's high key low key dating the owner of her of the music label dumb idea dumb idea he's older than her um her father sarge they call him uh is is like her manager right and then she's got her kind of lazy assistant in quotations who's really her cousin who just can't for whatever reason hold down a real job or just insists on being on tour with phoenix you know probably for like you know the room service and stuff and meeting Mm -hmm. groupies and Phoenix is making music. She's not really enjoying. Um, she's more like classically trained, right? But they've got her doing R&B, pop-ish, you know. The typical run-of-the-mill, like pop, like early aughts pop star issues, right? right? Like it's mm-hmm. it's nothing new. You And it's true. Like when, you get in, when you're new in the industry, you don't get to really make the music you want to make. You have to make what sells or else you'll drop from the label in your early career right you don't get much say until you get bigger and can start pulling some strings so that's kind of where phoenix is right now you know she's on a little tour um she decides to make a really reckless decision by letting some young man who've been knocking on her door at midnight first of all i was upset about that because nothing good happens after midnight (laughs) (laughs) and you know he's knocking on her door at a certain time where ain't nothing open but a mcdonald's and a pair of legs and clearly phoenix's pair of legs is about to be open for this guy she don't know him he knocks on her door like hey i'm a big fan um 
I recently got tested by the doctors. I am clean. He brought no, he not like, only, he brought a like a printout. Like he went to yeah. his printer or a printer or Kingo's and he printed out his test. Right. Can't be mad, but it's also like you he he came with he, the expectation. Yes, he was there for nothing else but to be a booty call. Yes. <laughs> he showed up at her door and she was like, let me see. Looked through his stuff. I guess she thought he was kind of cute. She was like, let me see your ID. He was kind of young. He's a college kid. And she was like, I do need a good dicking down. Okay, sure. And so, you know, they get busy. Anticlimactic. Right. And, you know, he started talking to her about her music career, saying how much he preferred her original sound before she got all R&B pop princess. Right. And that's, that's to me, that to me would have been, you need to go. Because granted, she did ask him his opinion, but perhaps she should have asked him before they fucked because um, for him to just be like, you don't sound good anymore. It doesn't sound you. It doesn't sound authentic. And, the, and when we say he's given his opinion, we mean like he's dissecting this shit track by track. Yes. He's like, this bridge, the bridge on this track number two doesn't vibe with the thing. And then this track is okay, but then this and the blah, blah, blah. And it's bringing up all these insecurities that she has of, of, you know, not being able to be authentically herself and bring her authentic sound and having to, you know, learn choreography and having to do things and be a dancer singer person when she's really just a, a pianist and singer songwriter and she'd rather go i think you know maybe down the route of like alicia keys versus going down the route of like sierra right but it seems like the mm-hmm. label's wanting to push her more towards the sierra vibe yeah and she's just like you know she entered a contract she she has a concert to do. Her, she's got a little bit of a hit on on uh, the air. Party Patrol is the name of the song, and I'm right. like, this got to be like '90s man. Like, who the hell names their songs Party Patrol? <laughs> Any- this is giving very 2002, <laughs> right? It's so early 2000s, late 90s to me. I'm just like, I I can hear it, I can feel it. Um, and so she, you know, she hooks up with oh boy, oh boy, who's a groupie. But immediately feels guilty because she she is kind of like seeing the head of her label, right? Which is um Ron. Um, what was his what was his stage name? You totally just said it. G Ron. G Ron. Dumbest stage name I've ever heard in my life. I was like, Jesus Christ. Okay, so right. <laughs> this is what it's gonna be. So she's, but they don't really know. They haven't defined the relationship. She doesn't really know where they are, but they are like somewhat affectionate towards each other in public and uh, behind closed doors. And they are hooking up. And, you know, then she's got her good for nothing ass cousin. Like who's the reason why she even was like, sure. She like her cousin peer pressured her into having sex with this guy, basically. Right. (laughs) Um, Because he, because Phoenix was feeling lonely. She's also not entirely sure that she's feeling her relationship with G Ron. G Ron. And I think a big part of it is the age difference. I think it's also that she probably knows it's not a good idea to be in bed with your boss. Mm-hmm. And I think if the context was different, if he was just another artist at the label, that probably would be a better relationship. Because he does seem to genuinely have 
feelings for her and care for her, but I don't know that she reciprocates. What do you think? I think that she does have, I think she's too young to know. Honestly, what is she, 24? At that age, you don't know your own, you don't know your own ass from a hole in the ground. Like, she's kind of, she's, she's just going with it, you know? Yeah. Especially if you're, you're young enough to be peer pressured into having sex with a guy by your cousin. I already knew she didn't have it all the way there. Like, she's not mature enough. Um, Right. So, so, yeah. So after this digging down, we kind of, we, we we find out a little bit more about Phoenix's past, right? Which is that she, her parents owned a jazz club and her, her and her cousin, her cousin's name is Gloria. Gloria's a little shit. Oh my God, I can't stand Gloria. But, I really can't. <laughs> so her and her cousin Gloria are playing around in the club when they're about 10. They find this really old antique turn of the century piano, as I just described. And... As they get the bright idea, as kids do, to move the piano and put it back because they they look at it and it's one place, they, they turn their backs, they turn back around and it's kind of at the edge of the stairway. And so they go, we're going to we're going to put this piano back instead of getting a grown up. And basically the piano slides down the stairs and crushes Phoenix beneath it. Sorry, everybody. Spoilers. Probably should have said that up top, but here we are. This book been out for a while. You should be ashamed. <laughs> you can't yeah. even say nothing. So she she's crushed by the piano, and then she spends time in a coma. Then she has to have physical therapy to be able to walk and do all of these different things. And one night at 10 years old, she she's also obsessed with keeping the piano, right? And Obviously, this throws everybody off because they're like, girl, this piano almost killed you. Why are you trying to keep it? You know, but she insists her dad does what he can to clean the piano. They keep it in their house. And one night they wake up, her parents wake up in the middle of the night to Phoenix playing a song that is far advanced for her training. Even though it seemed, I got the vibe that she was she was a prodigy in her own mm-hmm. right. Yeah. But the song she's playing is years like beyond what she should be able to do just right. based on how long she's been playing. Exactly. And it's pro- I think it's also a song that she probably had never even heard of. And I don't think there was any sheet music. So can you imagine like waking up, <laughs> making up to hearing this music in the middle of the night and you go and it's your child who's basically sleepwalking, playing this really complicated bit of you know music without sheets like without sheet music in front of her right so her father joins in and they play the music then she goes back to bed she wakes up she has no memory of having done this Mm -hmm. and it freaks her out then she wants to get rid of the piano so cut to modern day and phoenix is in st louis she's struggling to get through choreography for this music video she's about to do her father's super overbearing. Her parents are not together. Her mom, I guess, it almost kind of resents her her doing the music thing. Like her yeah. mom just does not seem here for it. Yeah, that's what that's kind of the vibe I got from it. Like because I feel like 
after what happened to her when she got like ran over by the piano, I don't mean to laugh, but that just sounds absolutely ridiculous. But when she had her accident with the piano, um, I feel like her mom like kept an aversion to music Mm -hmm. after the piano, after the weird sleepwalking thing, she probably is just like spooked and wants nothing to do with like her daughter making music because it's been nothing but a bad omen thus far. Right. Mm-hmm. So I get like where she's coming from. Like she knows it's not, <laughs> it doesn't make sense, but she's going to keep her distance. Exactly. So um, she's, she's having these issues and her dad's like, why don't you go to the Scott Joplin museum? You're why in would you do that? <laughs> and you know, you need to go pay homage to the greats who came before us, who paved the way for mm-hmm. black folks to be able to do the things that you, we, me, all these people are doing. And your father's very into, obviously into the classics, mm-hmm. as I think a lot of, I mean, a lot of, I'd say older black people are, a lot of black people too. I have auntie taste in music. I don't know about you. Oh, definitely. Anita you know. Baker record over here. Right. right there. Patty. Gladys, like to where you don't refer to them as their whole name. It's like, oh, I'm listening to Patty. Right. <laughs> Listen to Donna, you know, right. um, and Big Luther or Skinny Luther. That's <laughs> that, there's a difference too. A lot of people right. don't realize, but there'd be a whole marketed difference. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she she's resistant. And the thing I think that's important to this scenario is that Phoenix really has a hard time standing up for herself. Mm-hmm. You know, she can't stand up to herself with her fa- for herself with her father. She can't stand up for herself with her cousin, which is why she ends up sleeping with a groupie. She can't really stand up to herself with Ron, with the dancer. Like, she can't put her foot down to say the things that she really wants to do because I think mm-hmm. she's just deeply insecure about things. So she caves. She goes to the Joplin Museum and... Uh, what and there she and, sees yeah ghost. she sees a ghost thinking it's at first she's like did you did you lock up and there's still a person here and the guy who runs the whole you know museum who works there is like let me tell you the tea okay mm-hmm. there's no one else in here it's definitely the ghost this shit's been happening for a while now welcome welcome (laughs) and she's just like okay i'm ready to go so she leaves um she i don't think she says anything to anybody because she Mm -hmm. knows like they'll fuck with her because i would right (laughs) i'm not gonna lie yeah so she's like she gets back to la and her apartment and she's Mm -hmm. just kind of done she's like i need a minute Everybody's trying to run her ragged. Mm-hmm. Again, she's not standing up for herself. So she's mm-hmm. not telling people, yo, I need a, I need a beat. And here's kind of where some of these scares start to happen, which is that she's, or am I jumping ahead? I think you I did think- jump ahead. She's still on tour when the first okay. scare happens. You go ahead. You that go. one's okay. So that's one of my fears. Okay. So she's, you know, in her, um, she goes into her hotel, like her room, her specific room. She and her cousin share uh, like the whole hotel suite, but they have their own rooms. Right. She goes in there and she sees a man's shoes. Like if you open your closet and it's clothes in there and all you can see is the top, 
of the closet, like where the rack is and below where your shoes normally are. So below she sees a man's shoes and she sees like his hat and movement. And so she freaks out mm-hmm. and then runs out of the room. And so they call the cops. The cops come. They question her like, hey, is there anybody that you could think of that might be stalking you? Yada, yada, splee. The usual thing. Her big mouth ass cousin Gloria's like, I'm going to tell them everything about that hookup because it might right. be him. And then, so she tells the cops everything. So now all her business is out there for everybody to hear and see. And um, and Phoenix is like, it's not him. I know it's not him. He had to go back to wherever he comes from for school. Like, don't go after this kid. I know it's not him. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's pop. Like, don't, don't give him any trouble. The cops are like, okay. So they finally wrap shit up and they leave. No thanks to Gloria's big mouth ass. Mm -hmm. And so um, Phoenix goes back into her room and she's pissed. She's like, damn, they fucked up all my shit. I mean, all her stuff is strewn about the room, clothes, hanging out the dresser drawers. She's thinking it's the cops that went in when they investigated. They just like pulled all her shit out and made a mess. But then the the hotel employee was like, ma'am, it was like this when we came in here with the cops. Like all your stuff was out and about. The cops didn't do this. Right. So in that split second that she ran out of her room whatever was in her closet ripped through her stuff and then left without being seen by anybody else because everybody was in front of the door. Exactly. Yeah. And her father is there and around and he, he's like, so what's up with this dude? Like he's obviously rightfully pissed. He's upset. And Mm -hmm. the, what ends up happening between Phoenix and this kid, a not kid, sorry. Phoenix and this young man. Mm-hmm. Young man. I sound... <laughs> you know, this, this college mom. kid. This young man. This young man. I sound, I, It's giving me, like, Cheryl Lee Ralph in Abbott <laughs> Elementary. <laughs> young man. man. <laughs> so what happens between Phoenix and this guy ends up in the paper, a tabloid. And so then when now I'm back on the right timeline when Phoenix Mm -hmm. gets back to LA she goes to the label and has a whole conversation with G Ron we're just gonna call him Ron oh god yeah Ron (laughs) with Ronald (laughs) and he seems to be very much so much more into her in this moment than she's into him and he basically Mm -hmm. tries to play it off like it's not a big deal we weren't exclusive these things happen uh, you know, but I think we're just not on the same page and we should just be friends. Mm-hmm. It's cool. It's all love, baby girl. Uh, you know, we'll keep it cute. We'll keep it business-like. Cool. So then she leaves and he, like, slams the door. So she yeah. knows that he's, like, feeling more upset than he was yeah, expressing definitely. Also, you know, while she was being questioned by the cops, he called and was like, what's happening? Are you okay? Like genuinely worried. And you know, once he made sure she was okay before they hung up, he said, I love you. Mm, Right. And that's when she felt real bad. Cause she was like, I didn't think he really felt that way about me. He never said it before. And you know, she's doing my old dude. Like, dang, I really fucked up. Like I slept with this Mm. guy. Oops. Right. And that's, I mean, that's when it just, to me felt very like, barring you know whether or not sleeping with your boss is a good idea 
if you're going to have a relationship with somebody being on the same page at all times is key. And mm-hmm. I, again, I think this plays into her not really being able to stand up for herself or voice how she truly feels about things because she, she didn't say, Hey Ron, I need to know how you feel about me or I'm not on the same page as you. I need to do da da da. Yeah. She's too worried about being the cool girl. That's like all casual and cute about right. it. And it's like, well, this is probably the late nineties, early two thousands. Um, HIV and other issues exist. And it's probably not a good idea to have multiple partners or be with someone in a relationship where they most likely have multiple partners, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I feel like defining shit is like paramount to health at this point exactly. in our lives. Like, I know we're speaking from a 2022 perspective here, but these diseases have been around for quite some time. Yeah. And, and so speaking of diseases, segueing into the other part, Mm -hmm. taking a brief pause on Phoenix's story and kind of going into this book is also wonderful because we're learning about Scott Joplin. And again, I think a lot of, I don't know how much of it is fictionalized, but we do learn, you know, I think there's enough in there that aligns with his career or aligns with some of the things that he does. So we start to follow him He's with his first wife. He's successful. He's um, put out, I think it's Maple Leaf Rag. He's known. He's got this cute, I imagine it to be cute, this cute little house in, you know, in St. Louis mm-hmm. and whatnot. And he's got, <laughs> he's got this, this light skin friend who is just kind of a, a womanizer who comes mm-hmm. over and charms his wife. And Scott's upset about it, uh, I think, as anybody would be. Yeah. Because he's over here. Putting the moves. Putting the moves on her. Trying to trying to be slick. Like, oh, well, I'm, I met Scott in church. And, you know, we were in the choir. Knowing damn well. Knowing like, damn well. <laughs> they met at a brothel two months prior. And, um, you know, she, his wife... His this wife Belle, she apparently she doesn't really support his music career. She's not mm-hmm. here for it. She don't really care. She's just like, I don't whatever. Like I want kids, and at this point they have not had kids, and I think it, I think she she may or may not have had a miscarriage already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so as we kind of follow in the beginning part of this book, as we follow his story, um, we end up learning that his friend had what he called the dog, which Mm -hmm. is syphilis. And he is told that he got it from this, uh, this woman who had been sleeping with a lot of people Mm -hmm. who Scott had also slept with. And they don't know for sure if it's her, if she, she has it as well. But Scott talks about, you know, well, I had this rash and I had this thing and it went away and then it came back and then it went away. I had this foot thing. I thought it was my shoes. So then he's upset and like freaking out because he's thinking, oh, I could have passed it to Belle because he and his wife are actively, I guess, trying to have children. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is kind of circling back to kind of, I guess a prologue of the book, would you say? 
Yeah. There's a scene of Scott at, uh, I guess, like a nursing home or hospital. Yeah. Before he dies. It was, yeah, he was at like a nursing home kind of deal where there was a piano and he got like the urge to play it. Um, mm-hmm. And they were like, well, sure, go ahead. I, I feel like it was maybe in the middle of the night when he went down there or right. like maybe evening. And so he starts to like play and he has like this feeling of his his wife, um, Freddie, his mm-hmm. second wife, like with her hands over his and the ghost of her like leading him through this beautiful like music and stuff. And I was like, oh, okay, that's really interesting. But yeah, that was kind of like the prologue was like him, old man, nursing home, playing music with Freddie kind of guiding like her spirit. Right. And so when I read that passage, or I, so I'm listening to the audiobook, highly recommend the audiobook. It's really good. Yeah. So when I listen to that passage, I'm over here thinking, okay, this must be 50s, 60s, 70s, where nobody knows who he is. He mm-hmm. must be really old. Um, no, ma'am. No, sir. This is mm-hmm. like 1917, right before World War I. Mm-hmm. And his, I guess, height of his success is like late 1800s, early 1900s. So mm-hmm. there's not a lot of time that has passed. He passed away, I think, at like 49, I think, mm-hmm. from complications from syphilis. Mm-hmm. And so, grand scheme of things, he was young when he yeah. died. Yeah. But the people in the nursing home are acting like they don't know who he is. He's just so, you know, I think that's showing that by the time he passed away, nobody knew who he was. People had yeah. moved on. Also, I feel like he probably deteriorated so much by then, too. There's no, there was no cure for syphilis then. Right. And it had the, like, one of the side effects is, like, it attacks the brain. It makes you go absolutely nuts. Or, like, mm-hmm. just, like, a, a shell of yourself. And so, probably, he didn't really look like himself. And he'd be like, I'm Scott Joplin. They're like, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> you know right. how they treat people. Um, plus, he's a black man. Um, they pro- he probably wasn't getting the best treatment anyway. Exactly. So kind of going back to Phoenix, essentially what ends up happening is she's being stalked slash kind of possessed by this, the ghost of Scott Joplin, who simultaneously seems to view her or or thinks she might be like the reincarnation of Freddie, of his second wife, who passed away just I guess like 10 weeks after they got married mm-hmm. she was much younger than him she was about 20 he was about late 30s mid to late 30s I yeah. think yeah. when they got married and it seemed as though she was really the wife that he he truly loved because she's the one he keeps mentioning Freddie he's calling Phoenix Freddie mm-hmm. she's her and then she keeps having moments where she's having dreams and almost kind of sleepwalking or sleep playing music and so she has a moment where she's playing music in her sleep. It turns out to be from Scott Joplin's opera. I think it's Trimonisha. And it's it's lost. It's this piece of music that has been lost. <laughs> this part, I was the tension was real because I obviously the result was not scary, but I was so tense for Phoenix when she does the Tonight Show. 
Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. So she, she's, she's got, she's booked this tonight show with this, you know, like a James Corden E Jimmy Kimball do mm-hmm. good black. Right. I think he's black. The tonight show host. I think so. Right. So she's doing it and she's supposed to be playing the stuff from her music. She's supposed to be playing Party Patrol. Right. The popular shit. The popular shit. And she, uh, as she's in the set dressing room, she's getting ready. Her her sister came and hooked her hair up. She's got her cousin there, her little nephew. She asks for a piano just randomly. You know, she can mm-hmm. see the ghost of Scott Joplin kind of there. She asks for a piano. And so when she's on stage and the music starts playing, she doesn't start singing. She just stands there, eyes wide, like a dope. Mm-hmm. And the, the background singers are singing. And I think it was, you know, it's like a track. The track is playing. And then I think backing the background singers and then like a kind of a sl- backing vocals, I guess, of mm-hmm. hers. But she would sing over them. Yeah. And so she, she basically stops the music. And instead of playing, just doing what she had to do playing the popular shit she goes to the piano and says something like i've been visited by the spirit of scott joplin and this is a piece from his little known opera and i'm going to play it for you now if you want to hear potty patrol you can listen to it on the radio and then she she plays this song she plays for six minutes she was only supposed to be playing i think one song Mm -hmm. uh and my when I tell you, my like, my, my heart dropped, heart dropped, pit in my stomach, <laughs> because I was just like, girl, after all you've been through, because but up until this point, she's been haunt, she's been haunted by his ghost. Mm-hmm. Let's also not forget the drive-by shooting she was involved in. Yeah, just too many brushes with death. The ghost sitting at the end of her bed looking at her like, what's up? Mm-hmm. Like, I guess she just cracked finally and was like, let me just give this thing what it wants so it can leave me the hell alone, right? She was right. somewhat possessed when she did it. And it's so funny because, like, you know, she finally gets off stage. Her father is fuming. He's like, I'm done for the day. Like, this is it. I'm tired. I'm I'm out. Mm-hmm. And, um, and come to find out, you know, her performance ended up being cut in certain areas areas of the country that mm-hmm. they were able to cut it but in this and others it ran live mm-hmm. so a lot of people saw what she did she really put her her career her father's career giron label at kind of like now everybody's kind of side-eyeing everything mm-hmm. so obviously you know that's the point right she's supposed to be possessed and it's making her it, it's trying to do what it wants to do. It doesn't want her to mm-hmm. do these other things. And I think part of that is it kind of speaking to her actual desire mm-hmm. because her actual desire is to be playing her piano and playing the songs that she wants to play. But as everybody explains to her, you have to pay your dues in order to be, then be able to do what you want. Whether that's right, right or not, can't speak to it. Mm-hmm. But we we have all been there before where you got to do kind of the 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 ship parts of the job in right. order to get to where you really want to be. Mm-hmm. And so to me, I just was like, oh girl, 
Yeah, and and her dad was mad, mad. You know when a parent is mad when they're yeah, not even looking mad. at you, they're not talking to you, and when they do, their voice is just one note. Yep, her father was big mad. Like he really logged out. He left the matrix yeah. and left herself and her cousin like holding the bag because <laughs> everybody <laughs> wanted to get an interview with Phoenix after that fiasco at the Tonight Show. Which, I mean, publicity, pretty cool. And at least they know she's got real talent and not right. just like, you know, a brat stall with some a bit of a voice, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, that that was crazy, that, that particular thing. Another thing that happened that I was like, and this is what, the last thing I'll say about this because, oh my God. But the big, the most shocking thing to me was the ghost sex dream she had <laughs> with right. Joplin because she was kind of was she was like in the body of his second wife uh, while she was dying of consumption, um, Freddie, mm-hmm. and how he came to her and was like talking to her and she's really weak and she's she wants him to touch her she wants to like feel him because I. I'm guessing she knows like this might be it. And he's at first like, no, you're sick. And she's like, I don't give a fuck. Just come on. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, whoa, this, everything's wrong. <laughs> In this part, <laughs> I'm, I was listening to the audiobook at work and I was like, wait, mm-hmm. wait. And so, you know, they have sex. Uh, Phoenix is Freddie. Um, and when Phoenix wakes up, she looks over and there's her like, new-ish boyfriend she's kind of messing around with carlos beside her and she doesn't remember anything that happened she's like uh did we have sex and carlos is like yeah of yeah and she's like "Mm," he's like wait you don't remember Mm -hmm. she's like i don't remember anything that happened um past you coming over us talking we kissed and that's all i remember and so carlos is freaked out and she's like i'm not accusing you of rape or anything and he was like but you were there like you were conscious you said touch me and she's like, I believe you. I was just possessed. <laughs> right. And so Carlos is now officially tired of her shit too. <laughs> right. And Carlos, we should mention, I would be also, if I was him, tired of her of her shit. But he's also tired of her shit because of her father. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Carlos and Phoenix met when she was 17. And he was a grown-ass man. A full-grown-ass mm-hmm. man who's a a music reporter and he has been this whole time. And that's how they rekindled because he came to interview her. Uh But he, when she was 17, they kissed. They, he, he took her out to dinner. She was sneaking out to see him. And then when he found out, you know, that she was 17, the, the, whatever they had did not progress, but still Uh you're here kissing a 17 year old. You knew she looked young. Yeah. So her father finds out, and her parents write a letter to like his publisher. He almost gets fired, whatever. And then, you know, they reconnect. The part that made me cackle. Oh my God, what? Was when, so Carlos is um, Afro-Latino. And so mm-hmm. he's talking to her and she's kind of telling, starts to t- open up about the Scott thing way before the show, kind of before some things start to pop off. Mm-hmm. And he hands her his business card, because again, this is early aughts. And he says, Yamame, which means call me. He hands her the card, she says, Yamame. And her father is kind of in the room and he's watching and he's just glaring. 
at uh, <laughs> at Carlos. He goes, Yamame. And then he goes to leave. And her father's like, I speak Spanish. I know what that means. Keep walking, motherfucker. And it just made <laughs> me. Also, Nina, like, the the narrator is a woman. Um, and she does a phenomenal job of narrating every single person right. in this book. Her name is Lizanne Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Lizanne, yeah, I think it's Lizanne Mitchell. Um, she's excellent. I want her to narrate all books. And if Samuel L. Jackson were to ever write a book, I would like for her to narrate it. Oh my God. Because <laughs> how great, like how she was able to put that like oomph into her voice when it got to like the street talk, the gangster talk, mm-hmm. you know, especially when she was like in the mind of Sarge when he was like fresh out of jail and like right. first met her mom. Uh, and just, yeah, just any any of it. Or even when she was in the mind of, like, Ron, when it told his story about how he came up mm-hmm. into, you know, the business where he came from and stuff like that. It just was, she was so good at it. I, I really was, liked her. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> and honestly, I will say Sarge is my favorite character. Whether, whether the way that he handled things is right or wrong. I mean, he was extremely, diff- like, tough on her. He was extremely... Um, just really didn't listen to a ton of what Phoenix wanted, but I think if she would have pushed harder, he might have. Because mm-hmm. um, he was still treating her like she was a kid, and I think that's part of... It's partly that thing of, like, well, you're acting like a kid, so if right. that's how I'm going to treat you. And, you know, then she would do dumb shit, and so it's like, well, girl, of course your dad's going to treat you like you're a kid, because you're out here sleeping with groupies, and doing dumb shit and 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 throwing throwing your future just out the window yeah and and you're being really passive about it because the other part of it too is that like you know she she has opportunity to speak to the person who is uh the producer of the video because he wants to talk to her which i guess is supposed to be rare and she doesn't go talk to him and so i think part of the narrative is that she's she's so torn by this ghost shit that she's not focused on her career Mm-hmm. I'm starting to really dislike that at the more she she's interacting with Scott Joplin. But I love Sarge. I just love the vibe. I love just, you know, you dig and yeah. <laughs> I just, you just all have that, that old cat vibe, you know? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's how I think of him. It's like, oh. Like he in his late fifties, he didn't seen it all, heard it all, did it all, but now he's turned his life around and he's for his family and his daughter, you know. Mm-hmm. But he still got like you know the rough edges and don't mess with him. Yeah, he calls her peanut. Okay, mm-hmm. that's oh. super cute. Um, I wish my dad passed away in two thousand eight, so I haven't had that interaction, and it just. Mm-hmm. Those moments made me like miss my dad of that just Yeah. Hey peanut kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just I just saw my dad um Monday because I was like, I need to go grocery shop and let's go. <laughs> and I thought he'd say no. He's like, Yeah, my dad's the type of guy who will drive all over the world. Like, he'll be like, I'm half an hour away, but sure. And won't complain, doesn't say anything about gas, none of that. He's like, okay. 
that. Yeah. I'm like, thank goodness, because everybody else I asked to take me to the grocery store, they act like I'm the biggest burden. I'm like, you don't want nothing from the grocery store, huh? Because like, if somebody throws something in my cart, I usually get it for them. Like, I'm not gonna be all like, nah, you know. But you know, it's funny. Just dad, just stuff that only dads do. Because moms definitely fuss. They'll do it, but they won't do it fuss free. Oh my god, dads will just do it. Like, thank God, quiet girl. My mom, (laughs) she. Okay, so my my mom and my brother are supposed to come up this Saturday. Mm-hmm. They it was their idea. They were supposed to come up last weekend. They rescheduled. They said this Saturday. It's gonna be about eighty degrees and sunny here, and I'm by the ocean. Okay, the so ocean. lucky. I say all that to say, these folks. I'm hope I'm betting at some point. I'm maybe I will, maybe I won't, but maybe I'll get a call from them being like, well, actually. Maybe you should come to San Jose because, you know, we can do this at mom's and we can do a barbecue and we can do a this, that and the third instead of them coming to the ocean. Nope. I'll be in the ocean. I'm sorry. I Yeah, you, you dang right. Because I just got a new bathing suit. Yes. So we out here. <laughs> we out here frolicking. No, no, no ocean for me yet. Not till like late June. Mm. But... Yeah, so so her dad's cool in my books. Rough around the edges, but a cool cat nonetheless. Ooh, motorcycle. So what did you think about Phoenix, our main character? She was young. I can't really, like, fault her for anything, because honestly, when you're in your early 20s, you're stupid. You, right. <laughs> like, you have no process, even no, no, th- no thought process. And then on top of that, she's dealing with the pressure of like putting out songs she doesn't really want to put out, dressing the way, dancing the way she doesn't want to present, you know? And then all of a sudden, like she's dealing with the whole relationships thing, right? So mm-hmm. G-Ron and her break it off and then she rekindles her thing with Carlos. And now she's possessed by a ghost that just won't leave her alone. I don't see how she could handle it any better with the card she's been given, honestly. Right. I agree. I probably would have checked myself in, though. Like, look right. something up. Chemical imbalance. I don't know. We need to figure it out. Yeah. I mean, do we want to, like, talk about the ending or do we want to kind of just leave it here and then? I think we should leave it here. I don't want to completely spoil it for people. Okay. But I will say how many Blackulas. We can say how many Blackulas we'd give it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you go first. <laughs> no, you go. Oh, okay. Okay. I will say, just because I'm going to knock it down a half point because it is kind of dragging a little bit. Like, I don't think the story needs to be this long for us to get to, like, the end. So I'm giving it 4.5 Blackulas. Mm-hmm. Just because I don't like it when stories drag too long. I feel like we could have we got it to the point faster. Yes. So I'm, I'm right there with you. I think 4.5. I agree about the dragging. Because if you listen to the audiobook, it's... Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, how, how many hours is it? Look, let me look at it. It's forever. It's like... Because this is 21 hours, okay? Yeah. It's a long book the good house was long but i don't think it was this long Mm. but yeah joplin's ghost because it's not 
it's not like boom in your face. Kind of like I feel like the Good House had a little more action mm. and a little bit more like, dude, that's fucked up. Like moments. Joplin's ghost was a slow creep. Mm-hmm. Like, and for when you have a slower story like that, like you need to get to the you need to get to the point faster. You can't just be playing with us. Right. Ten Anna Reeve. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do, I do, yeah, 4.5 Black Dillas. Definitely really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um I, I would highly recommend it. Especially because I'm I'm a geek for historical shit. Mm-hmm. And whether, you know, obviously we can't know how much of what she wrote is, well, obviously we can if we read interviews and stuff. Yeah. But she may or may not have, you know, taken some liberties with his story. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. there's like moments where he's in the, on the train with his wife, Freddie, and kind of when he first finds out she's sick and whatnot. Mm-hmm. That, you know, obviously we don't know fully how much creative liberty was taken. But we I know like- that there wasn't a voodoo man. <laughs> right. <laughs> Most likely there was no voodoo man. Right. Most <laughs> Yes. Because Freddie was over here sick for a couple days and not telling anybody that she was sick. And in these times, baby, uh-uh. can't just <laughs> imagine somebody doing that today. Uh-uh. People were just dropping dead from the common cold. Like, you can't do that. Yeah, I honestly, I don't know if it was consumption or if it was the flu that she died from. I think they always call it consumption, but it was probably the flu. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I I enjoy it. I highly recommend it. I, I love Tanana Reeves' books. I love just listening mm-hmm. to her on the podcast that she has and any kind of media she pops up and I'm ecstatic about. Yeah. I'm fascinated by her and her husband, Steven. I know. I love their relationship. They they give, I want them to be. I wish they give tenured professor power couple like vibes. (laughs) Right. Uncle and auntie vibes. Because I follow her on Instagram and she posted about getting a new dress and I was like, but I do that too. <laughs> we have things in common. You need a new dress and you're just like, look at me. <laughs> I love it. She always she always sounds like so not eloquent. I just like the the cadence in her voice, like her tone. Yeah. There's something about it. It just sounds like you were listening to people talk and it just sounds like honey. I don't mm. know. Like warm. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, I I mean, I love that. I've I've been listening to her and her husband Stephen Barnes's podcast, Life Right, the Life Writing Podcast. Mm-hmm. It's really helpful, uh, especially. I mean, it's helpful for authors. I think it'd be helpful for any but any type of creative. Um, you know, they especially have an episode about how to pitch your works to Hollywood. Oh, and, cool! Uh, so that's check it out. Be, yeah. <laughs> I recommend it. Yeah. Well, um, should we wrap it up here? Yeah. Um, so that was our review of Joplin's Ghost by Tanana Reevedu. We hope you all enjoyed it. Please, you know, check out the book. We highly recommend it. Um, our April book is No Stone Unturned by Brandon Massey. So we yes. will end up having a review. That will be our next review episode. So if you would like to hear that, then make sure you tune in. If you'd like to read along with us, 
then you can join the Horror Host Support Group Book Club Discord, and you can find that link both on our Instagram profile and on Twitter at Horror Ho Support Group, Ho spelled H-E-A-U-X. And I'm Amanda. You can find me at Amanda the Author on Instagram and TikTok and YouTube, Amanda the Author with two E's and Amanda the Author with one E on Twitter. Yes, you can find me um on i guess i'm on twitter i barely use it but you can definitely find me on instagram and on youtube at samara reads too um and don't forget to check out my uh indie book box where we feature independent black authors and comic creators uh through fifth house collective on the website fifthhousecollective.com yes so good yes. support 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 and uh, I think that's it, Samara. Yeah, that's it. Well, Ready I guess go? we'll talk to you guys next week. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.